Queen Angela Bassett has received a Oscar nomination for her supporting role in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And speaking of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, episode two of the podcast hosted by ta Coates has come out. And man, there are some great tidbits of information in that podcast and today is wednesday january 25th that's right it's new comic book day and jt is here to give us his top picks for new comic book day i'm your host amir and this is the one in 100 podcast so i'm not really uh someone who pays attention to award season and things like that. Uh, the only time I really tune in is if there's somebody that's nominally nominated that I really enjoy their work and I really respect how they handle the craft of acting. Um, but damn it, Angela Bassett. Gosh, I am so excited for Angela Bassett right now. She has been nominated for an Oscar uh, for her supporting role in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And I'll be honest with you. Yes, she was a supporting actress because Letitia Wright was, you know, the lead in the movie. But when you sit down and watch the movie, you realize that everyone is kind of reacting to what Queen Ramonda is doing. You know, everyone is going off of her vibe uh, and she is the one that's been trying to you know, build her country back up after the loss of her, you know, her son T'Challa. So I always kind of, when I see the movie, I always look at Angela Bassett as the lead actress, but listen, I'm fine with her getting best supporting actress because she did a damn good job. You know, this movie was somewhat of a mother daughter story. Uh, and we, we're going to get into that a little bit later when we talk about the black Panther Wakanda forever, uh, podcast, but Man, she did a great job with what she had to work with, uh, you know, especially coming off of the emotional and tragic loss of Chadwick Boseman. Um, they needed a leader, you know, and I feel like they leaned heavy on Angela Bassett. And yeah, she's getting rewarded for it. She's already won a Golden Globe uh, and now she is the first actress or actor to be nominated for an oscar coming off of an mcu movie so this is a big big step for the mcu and i'm so excited that it is a black woman that is breaking down the barriers when it comes to actors being taken seriously or taking serious for what they do in quote-unquote comic book movies um Wakanda Forever also has been nominated for other awards, man. They got uh, nominated for Best Original Song, Lift Me Up, uh, which was uh, performed by Rihanna. But uh, Tim's, I believe, wrote the song. Uh, they also have been nominated for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. I mean, come on. The hair, the hair and the makeup was just phenomenal in the movie. You can't even say nothing about that. If you do, you're hating. Uh, they also are being nominated for best costume design. Uh, shout out to Ruth Carter. I believe she was the one who designed the costumes for the last movie and they won an uh, Oscar for that, I believe. So, you know, running back for, you know, movie number two, you know what I'm saying? Get another one. Uh, they're also being nominated for best visual effects. Uh, that's going to be a tough category for them because I believe the Batman and Avatar are also in the running for that award. So, you know, they're in there with some, some really good competition, but at the end of the day, 
this night should be Angela Bassett's. I know the people that watch, you know, and pay attention to award season and everything are basically saying that she's a lock for this award, but you never know. So I will be tuning in to find out if Queen Angela Bassett, a.k.a. Queen Mother Ramonda, takes the Oscar home. You know, we're rooting for you. We are so proud to see what you uh, have achieved with this role, man. And hey, if you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch it. I'm not going to spoil too much. Uh, maybe a little later. <laughs> but with that said, let's kick it over to JT uh, and see what he picked for New Comic Book Day, January 25th. JT, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's always good to have you here, man. Listen, it wasn't a crazy week this week with books, but uh, I feel like there were some really good ones out there. What'd you pick up? Hey, what's going on, brother? Uh, yeah, I had some fun reads this week. Um, first, I'm going to start off with Exterminators number five by Leah Wilson Williams. Sorry. She's actually a pretty dope writer. I mean, it's a fun read. It's like an X-Men title. It's literally uh, Boom Boom Jubilee uh, uh, Wolverine, which is, you know, Laura Kinney X-23. And, um, my God, who's the other one? Oh, and Dazzler. Actually, this all revolves around Dazzler. So, you know, it's kind of funny. It's literally a revenge story. And it's like probably one of the funniest things. It's literally a fun read. That's really the reason to pick this up. Um, it basically is, you know, this is the last issue, of course, in the five part run. So it's literally starts off in issue one with Dazzler's dating this dude and he's all charismatic and all that. And it turns out that he was cheating on her. But what made it worse was it turns out he's a vampire. Then he like kidnaps her and all her friends and they have to like fight their way through this interdimensional portal. And then they got to deal with the collector. Then Dracula shows up because apparently this dude, Alex, that she was dating is his grandson. It's, it's, it's funny. It's really funny. But, like, by the last issue, it's, like, everything gets settled in this issue. There's explosions. There's scantily clad 90s-like drawing females. It's funny. So, like, anybody who's looking for, like, just a real cool laid-back read, I would really, you know, recommend picking this up. And, of course, go back and get the first four issues. I'm a big supporter of floppies. Graphic novels have their place, but I'm a big supporter of, of floppies. But we're going to get into a graphic novel, too. Next up, I had uh, Sabretooth and the Exiles, number three. And in this issue, um, Third Eye, which is a mutant we were introduced in issue one. Uh, he is obviously from Kokoa. And, you know, just to give a quick backstory, Sabretooth got thrown into the pit after killing a human during the, you know, events of House of... Uh, House of X, Powers of Ten. And they threw these other mutants in there for infractions as well. And Victor Laval is the writer, and he does a very... He has a very uh, passionate way about writing, and this is very interesting because I like this version of Sabretooth, along with this whole situation with the astral plane and, and Orphan Maker. And basically what happened is, anybody who's not familiar with Orphan Maker... It's him and Nanny, and they're a part of this team that went after Sabretooth after he escaped the pit from the last volume. 
and um, there's this Dr. Barrington, and she turns out she's experimenting on mutants, and Sabretooth is one of them, and she caught all of them, and she used uh, these powers to make Orphan Maker start to remove his suit. The thing is, anybody who's familiar with that character, um, if you're not, I would go look him up. If he takes that suit off, it's like the end of the world. You, you will literally, like, the world will explode. And he's literally got the mind of, like, a child. So that's why Nanny's there. And she is the one who, like, takes care of him. So they went to this astral plane because he started to take his mask off in the last issue. And they're trying to, like, fix him. And even though their bodies are on Earth, going back to Third Eye, he brought them to the astral plane to basically help them fix him. And meanwhile, while they're doing that, the mutants that were on board this facility um, that they were being experimented on by this Dr. Barringen, Barringen, they ended up revolting because their collars didn't work and their power started to come back. And then all at the same time, you've got going back to the astral plane, them exploring that. And it's like all these weird like creatures. And it's really kind of cool. And then they come across this guy in the shadows who looks like he's dying, but you don't find out who it is until the end of the issue. And when you do, it's like, what? And, you know, honestly, overall, another solid read. Last but not least, we got Philadelphia number 27 by Jason Sean Alexander and Rodney Barnes. Oh, brother Rodney Barnes. Rodney Barnes out here, he out here killing the game. And killing people at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I ain't going to tell you who. This dynamic duo, when I tell you, I mean, <sighs> unfortunately, there was, there, there was, we, we had a, we had a, we had a loss. We had another loss in this issue, but that's okay. Um, it was really a deep read, though, because it really focused on George Washington, who anybody who's been reading this so far knows he's a vampire. Surprise. Spoiler. And also dealing with Anansi and how Anansi is um, dealing with human beings and how faith carries over to his power, not just his power, but the power of all gods. And at the same time, Washington is basically measuring himself as not just a man, but as a legend, because in his mind, it's you know, you remember, he's a vampire, so he, he came back and he's here while humanity has been, quote-unquote, evolving. So for him, it's literally been, um, was I a myth, a legend? Was I just a man? And it was really interesting how he, did, how he basically dived into this man. And, you know, he didn't shy away from who he was. You know, he said, I wasn't perfect, but I was not a god either. But when you look at modern men, my face is plastered all over money. And, it, 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 and, and now he's contemplating all this while describing battle, the heat of battle, while he's actually in a battle for his life and his fellow vampires. Because at the same time, remember, they're literally raging war. They're dealing with werewolves. They're dealing with immortals. You know, this issue had a lot in it, and it was an amazing read. And anybody who is a fan of Rodney Barnes and Mr. Alexander's work, besides that, you can also get yourself a dose 
uh, of their phenomenal talent by picking up um, Blackula, the graphic novel. It is out. It is in stores, and it is an amazing read so far. So go out, support your local shops. You know, as always, keep it 100, and keep tuning in. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed the review. So let's get into some more Black Panther Wakanda Forever goodness. Um, I'm not sure if you know or if you've heard on this show, but Ta-Nehisi Coates is the host of the Black Panther Wakanda Forever official Black Panther podcast. All right. Uh, and on this show, he has conversations um, with Ryan Coogler on the first episode. He had a conversation with Ryan Coogler. And on this episode, uh, he had a conversation with Nate Moore. Uh, Kevin Foggy and also Ryan Coogler once again. Uh, and they just talked about just the process of bringing Black Panther uh, to the big screen. And uh, there was a lot of good information that was put on this podcast, especially coming from uh, Kevin Foggy about how um, Black Panther was like on this long wishing list. Uh, in the beginning, when he first got to uh, to the MCU or to Marvel 22 years ago, like Black Panther was somebody that they they wanted to try and get in uh, the cinematic universe. And it took him a little while to do it. But once they got to that point, it was like it was go time immediately. Um, and he also talked about how they used to put they put a few Easter eggs in uh, Iron Man 2 um, and it was an Easter egg for Wakanda uh, in there and it was also an Easter egg for uh, Namor also in uh, that that Easter egg and it wasn't because the Easter eggs weren't just for the fans to find but it was also kind of like a like a promise to themselves you know as the MCU that these characters were going to be put into this MCU. They wanted to bring these characters out and they wanted to develop them and everything like that. So I thought that that was really awesome. Uh, and he also talked about uh, the future of Namor and Tolokan uh, Tol in MCU. Um, you know, he's basically said that, you know, people that read the comics, they know that uh, there's like 80 years worth of story there. Um that they can tap into. Um, but you know, we're just trying to see where, where, where they can do it at. They, they, they basically, they have a plan. It seems like for Namor, but they have not officially maybe gotten started on it. So he basically is like, they're just going to keep it under wraps for now. But you know what that means? Like Namor is going to be coming back in the MCU. Um, I know there were some issues with like, you know, the rights of the character and stuff like that, but you know, they got that Disney money behind them. So I'm sure they're going to make a power play to get the full rights for Namor. Um, also it was really interesting what Ryan Coogler was saying about his relationship with Nate Moore, uh, and how he probably wouldn't have been a part of this movie if Nate Moore wasn't a black man. And I found that very interesting because he felt like he was going to need someone on his side in order to tell the story uh, that he wanted to tell with Black Panther and Wakanda. Um, he also talked about how they, you know, it was an automatic 
situation with putting Letitia Wright as the lead character uh, in this uh, Wakanda Forever and how Chadwick Boseman always felt like she was his favorite character. You know, Shuri was his favorite character in the movie because they had so much... um, they just had a really solid connection uh, in the first movie. And even back to the auditions, uh, you know, Ryan Cougar talked about just just that in there. Uh, he also talked about how the initial uh, game plan for Wakanda forever before Chadwick Boseman passed away was that it was going to be a father son story. Uh, once again, basically, and how he lost time due to the snap uh, and that his son had kind of went, you know, a long time without his father. So little T'Challa Jr. was going to be in this Black Panther movie when Chadwick Boseman was still, you know, the the lead actor for this movie. That plan did not come out of nowhere just because Chadwick Boseman had passed away. Like this was something that they wanted to do. But because of the tragic passing, they had to pivot and they pivot this. They pivoted the story to uh, Letitia Wright and and the great Angela Bassett. And they put the more of the focus on the two of them and the mother daughter relationship. So I found that very, very interesting. Uh, definitely go check out that podcast because there's a whole lot more uh in this podcast that i'm not even talking about right now and i don't want to spoil it for you man because if you're like me you know you like storytelling and things like that so yeah go check out the black panther wakanda uh forever the the official black panther podcast hosted by tanahasi coates who is a former writer of uh black panther in the comics so definitely go check that out and that'll do it for today's episode of the one in 100 podcast um thanks again for tuning in thank Thank you to JT for giving us his great reviews this week, man. I hope he helped you guys out to kind of find out what you want to read this week uh, for new comic book day. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and tune in this Saturday. Um, me and Kay will be back to our, you know, our usual Chibata antics. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about. Once again, you know, the the comic book community has not let us down one bit. So we got a lot of stuff to to jump into as far as, uh, you know, more news and updates this weekend. So tune in this Saturday. Uh, and with that said, be good to yourself and be good to others. And I'm your host, Amir. And this is the One in 100 podcast.